Welcome to Book in a Pint. In this episode, Michael and I are joined by author Madeline Dale to talk about writing, shifters, and the important things. Like, what's your opinion on box wine? Welcome to Book and a Pint with me, Michael Levin. And me, James Jenkins. How's it going, man? Uh, going pretty good. Can't really complain. How about you? Not too bad. Um, you know, I was saying I'm a little tired. Um, yeah, you said. It, it was uh, out-of-town family entertaining weekend, uh, followed uh, by dealing with car trouble week. Um yeah. So I, everything kind of just blended into and spending way too much fucking money on <laughs> on my car too. By the way, yeah. So uh, all those things, uh, you know, I like to uh, I like to say what I'm what I'm thankful for first before I bitch about shit. You know what I mean? Sure. Okay. Um, you know, thankful for my health, my wife's health, my family. Uh, you know, all the good things. Um, but yeah, no, it was a tiring. Uh, weekend so today i uh didn't do any work uh it's the first time i can think of a day where i just literally said i'm not doing any work today and i watch movies dude those are the best days i don't get enough of those anymore either honestly last one i can remember was going by myself during the day to watch um infinity war oh man yeah that's a while ago yeah yeah so um so yeah, no, it was a nice, nice, like you know, recalibrating, I guess, getting my energy back. Okay. Uh, for the workday kind of thing, um, but uh, yeah. So last episode was just an hour and a half of us talking. Yeah. Which was actually kind of cool. Yeah, um, it was a fun episode. We do have a guest today. Her name is Madeline Dale. She's awesome. She is a uh, fantasy romance writer. She's written a four-book series called the Phase Shifter series. We'll talk uh, a little bit about uh, Madeline uh, and her work later. Um, but before we do any of that, I would like to look at our fan mail. Oh, all right. Is it the uh, the same two again? Well, I'm, there's some there's some new revelations actually. Oh. Okay. Um, so I'm going to get to that one. I'm going to do the the uh, the dude. The, I'm assuming it's, a, well, now I know it's a dude, and the revelations will um, uh, set us free, uh, okay. is is back. But we also have this one. This is a new one, uh, and it's it's pretty cool. So I'll start with, with this one, and then I'll get to uh, our regular. Okay, so it goes like this. It goes, hey, guys, love the last episode. Michael was so amazing with his motivational talk that I actually started writing the book I put aside five years ago. Congratulations. Wow. That's awesome. Um, oh, and I'm not sure who to address this to, but me and a few friends are putting a sorority party together. And I was wondering if there was a way to hire James to be our sushi chef. Thanks. And let me know. That's all cool. Right. <laughs> um, P.S. I could listen to you guys talk all day. Next time you guys do a guest free episode, talk even longer. Emily. Well, all right. Thank you, uh, Emily. I mean, I don't know. What do you think about that? I don't know where I don't know where she is. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if she's anywhere near you, but that uh, 
sounds like quite an invitation, man. The uh, the sushi chef uh, thing must have uh, must yeah, have sounded I mean, pretty good. I've only ever really made sushi for myself and my partner. Uh, I, I'm actually going to be preparing sushi for my family this coming week. We have a family vacation coming up, and that's my like I have to have a turn making dinner for everybody. So I'm going to see if it's actually okay or if it's just I'm not picky and my cooking doesn't you know. I'm I'm used to my cooking, you know. But. All right, Emily. Well, um, he's doing the family thing, and uh, well, it'll be a test run. If if uh, if my family accepts it, then I will uh, put my services up for hire for sure. Awesome, you heard it here, folks. Um, and then we have this one. Um, I don't know what to make of this. He got some of the fucking references wrong. You'll hear what I mean. I guess. Okay. Um, last week's episode was a crowning achievement of suck, and I know because I've listened to every shitty episode. If you took Jar Jar Binks, Ben Affleck's Benefer era films, and the Spice Girls Spice Up Your Life album, and blended them into a shitty smoothie, you'd only be scratching the surface of how much last episode sucked. No wonder your guests dropped out. I'm sure they could smell the stench of suck from hundreds of miles away. If I wanted to listen to some wannabe Martha Stewart give inspirational advice, now that doesn't even make sense. I don't think he meant to say Martha Stewart. Um, I'd read Eat, Pray, Love. At least talk about something badass like the Suicide Squad again. Clint. Okay, so we know the dude's name is Clint. Got a name. Okay, okay. All right. And um, and he said Martha Stewart. I don't know if that's what he meant. Um, but, uh, but Clint, my friend, um, you're in luck. Because guess what? I actually watched Suicide Squad today. Yay! Yeah, um, and I don't know what to make of it. Okay, yeah, I get that. There was, there were moments when I was watching it where I was like, actually saying to myself, "What the fuck is this? Like, what the actual fuck am I watching?" Like, first of all, the violence—I've never seen anything quite like it in a movie. Um, but you. To add to that, you know, you have to almost react to the violence. Like, you know, James Gunn was kind of almost poking fun at, well, how much of this insane um, pushing the limits cartoon violence? And, you know, it was graphic violence, but it was also kind of cartoon violence because it was so over the top that you almost got desensitized to it. Did you feel that way? Yeah, I'm like I told you, that was like the thing that kind of turned me off from the movie is, yeah, cartoony violence is a very good way of putting it. But it's like it's still very graphic and real, but delivered in that cartoony way. Yeah, like I I didn't see the uh, David Ayer um, Suicide Squad movie and I did not see Birds of Prey either. Um, So this is my first um, experience with I don't even know the Mm -hmm. name of the do you know the name of the actress that plays Harley? Oh, Margot Robbie. Yeah, like yeah. she was incredibly likable. Yeah, she's um, great. She stole every scene. Like there was there was a really like violent scene with her where she's just kind of going around, and it was almost like uh, something out of like a Tarantino movie. Like there was a little bit of a Tarantino kind of yeah, vibe yeah, that's fair, that's fair to some of the stuff, and she was just going around killing people, and that's not really giving anything away, and it was like insanely violent, but. At the same time, you couldn't help but like love her while she was doing. It. Yeah, that that scene's actually one of my favorites in the movie. I think yeah. it's the same one, but she like breaks out, right? 
when she breaks out, when she does that yeah. thing with, with with her feet to get out, and yeah, um, it's oh, and like she, just the way like it's very violent, but that was also one of like the least gory scenes. Yeah, no, it was it was beautifully choreographed. Yeah, but um, you know you could tell uh, it was a James Gunn movie because yeah, of sure. the because of the use of of um, music and. Like the really, really good use of music and the the soundtrack was awesome. Um, yeah, much much like it was in the Guardians movies. Um, my favorite, honestly, well, I, okay. So my favorite line in the movie was at the very beginning, and I'm not going to say anything about um, the Suicide Squad members that were sitting mm-hmm. on the on the plane at the very beginning because I think that'll give too much away. But yeah. one of them was like a, a like a monster he was a he was called weasel weasel and and he was he was basically just like a a weasel and he didn't talk and he just made like weasel sounds and one of the dudes is like is that a dog and the other guy's like what the fuck type of dog would it be mate to afghan hound (laughs) and then he goes don't worry and he gets and and one of the guys gets like because he's really making him the the weasel guy is really making this other dude uncomfortable yeah one of the other guys goes don't worry, he's harmless. And then he goes, well, actually, he's not harmless. He's killed 27 children. Well, but Killed like 30 got... kids, but you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that is good. I thought that was the, that was one of the funnier lines in the movie. Um, there is some super surreal stuff, like, without, again, getting too much into it, the, the big bad guy um, is yeah. just ridiculously surreal. Um but I love and, that he chose that as the villain because I saw an interview where he was like, no one would have used this guy as a villain in a movie. So right. I did. And I, I'm glad he did because I thought it was a wonderful choice. Now, there's two. Are we talking about there's two villains and I'm not sure if I know exactly. Which oh, I'm, one. I'm talking the, the kaiju at the end. OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I was talking. About. OK, yeah. Because um, that was just. um insane and like the other stuff like the polka dot man was like super surreal oh, yeah and made cool. for some beautiful visual stuff um the first time he did his thing like just visually it was so spectacular yeah um and i'm trying to think of what else i can say about it um did you see dick tracy i don't think i've ever seen dick tracy no okay all right well, live I mean, action one right from like the yeah. 80s or 90s yeah, yeah yeah um the one with warren Beatty and um, okay yeah no i've Madonna never seen it. was in it it was a i mean i'd recommend it it was it was it was a really really good yeah. um sort of comic book adaptation film whether you've read a dick tracy comic strip or not mm-hmm. it was really good um there was definitely um it was strange i mean if you read the uh description of the teams because there's actually two suicide squad teams that are kind of doing their own thing at various yeah. times of the movie you'll be really surprised to to find out what happens and and the timeline of the whole thing yeah. um it was am i getting into spoiler territory now maybe but i i don't know i think it's been out long enough that if we like i don't think anyone can be too upset we haven't given anything like explicit away so i think you're okay anyway um so I watched that movie, um, and I, I mean, while I was watching it, I was really enjoying it. I mean, Idris Elba was great. Yeah. Uh, really great. I loved um, the uh, Ratcatcher. Um, Ratcatcher's so good. She you know, was the, yeah, I don't, I don't know her name. Um, I'm bad with, with unknown, with new actresses and actors' names, but um, 
she was definitely the heart of the film. For sure, yeah. And James Gunn has even said that in an interview that she's the heart of the film. I, I wanted to say something about her, the character, like some plans that he had for the character, but I don't want to to I don't want to spoil it. Okay. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, she, she was just like, I mean, whenever I felt I was watching this complete, total um, evil detachment, because there are a lot of moments in this film where even though you enjoy watching them, you can't possibly like them because they're, yeah. all, they're all just like so detached and criminal and insane. Like even King Shark, like who adds some uh, group style comic yeah, relief. And King then Shark's he'll, great. And then he'll they just chews yeah. on a guy's skull like an ice cream cone. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then he'll literally rip someone apart and tear into him and just like, yeah. that's it. You know what I mean? But um but Ratcatcher was was genuinely like so like the goodness shot like was that's where you found the goodness. Yeah. Um, like I will heart. say at the risk of a spoiler, one of my like probably my least favorite scene in the movie is also one of the best scenes in the movie. I think when Peacemaker and Bloodsport are walking through that camp trying to one up each other. Yeah. Like it's it's really like this black black humor. And it's awful, but it's also like, okay, that was kind of funny. You know, yeah, like, John, I hated myself for liking it. Yeah, no, I know. And and I mean, John Cena was great. John, um, he's getting his own uh, miniseries now. As Peacemaker? Yeah, did you watch the after the credits scene? No, but I thought that he... I'm not There's an after the credits scene, Michael. Okay, I gotta, say that. I gotta see that. No, but yeah. he was amazing. He was really, really funny. Um, and, and as despicable as he was he was also very likable yeah um, he was much more likable despite being probably like the worst he's the um, worst of all of them probably yeah, yeah but he was somehow more likable as a character than Bloodsport was yeah. um because well, he had little moments like the part like this is in the trailers so it's not a spoiler when king shark makes that little like c4 peacemaker yeah and he's like that's actually really nice yeah, like no, has these little moments of like opening up to everyone around him, but then he's still like, Yeah, you're such a piece of shit, though. Yeah, and King Shark was kind of funny too because like he was just kind of looking for friends, yeah. Um, which was which yeah. was cute, but then you've got this, this like insane, almost like this cannibalistic appetite, yeah. It's like, you know nom, I mean? nom. yeah, it was uh, so I'd say it was a really good movie. I watched a great movie afterwards, um. Mm. I mean, I think this was a great movie, but I wa I watched um, X Men First Class. Okay, yeah, I like that one. I don't know if you've seen you so you have seen that one. I've seen um, First Class. The only one I haven't seen is Dark Phoenix of like the I, the cool X Men. I haven't seen that one. I mean, I love um, I I would watch it because I think McAvoy is so good as Professor mm -hmm. X, and uh, Fassbender is really good as Magneto. Like, yeah, I think they great. So the, there's a lot of problems with those X Men movies in a from a comic book geek sort of continuity basis yeah. um but if you focus on the uh the acting of the main characters who they focus on um you got some really good movies yeah. so yeah i watched that movie and i was like yeah you know what like after the chaos that suicide squad was and the <laughs> the detachment and like the, the evil. I don't know how to describe it. it no, was I nice. think that's the best way the detachment. Because I, I think that's what my problem with it was as well. I felt too, like the, the violence was too just there. I don't know. Yeah, I can't describe it either. But detachment's a good word. And I mean, there's there's a level of that in Guardians of the Galaxy too. I mean, oh yeah, like, for sure. 
like when when um, when uh, Peter Quill uh, is dancing around right at the beginning to his um, to his soundtrack, and he kicks mm-hmm. that alien, just sees an alien on the ground, and he just kicks it into the air. Um, and I think the perfect example too is in Guardians of the Galaxy two, where uh, Yondu is wiping out the Reavers with his uh, arrow. Right. Like it's that's totally like that. That is very reminiscent of some of the scenes in Suicide Squad. Yeah, no, I haven't seen two in a while. I've seen one like five times, but yeah. I've I've only seen two once. Um, okay. So I should I, I I have them all. I should probably just watch it again. But uh, yeah. So anyway, first class was it was just like you know there were again there were some crazy scenes in that movie like the way um, the way Magneto ends up and this is this movie's been out forever so I don't care yeah, long enough like, yeah <laughs> the way Magneto ends up killing. Um, Sebastian Shaw at the end with the with the coin where yeah. he just like like drives it through his his head and it goes out the other end and this bloody coin drops on the ground and then he just like falls to the ground. Um like there were some brilliant scenes in that movie. Um but uh yeah, anyway, I think I had a, a good day of movie watching and uh That's I still good. I still think you need to watch Space Jam. Yeah, I will. I will. I have HBO, so I'll, I'll get around to it. Uh, hey, just the heads up, though, I did finally watch Shang Chi. Oh, cool! Oh, I, I have not. Yesterday. I have not seen okay. it yet, but I heard um, good things. Yeah, I think. So my partner and I went yesterday, and we were like the only ones in the theater. It was just the two of us. It was awesome. But like, I had a blast. I think I'm really looking forward to the next phase of Marvel movies. Yeah, and this I one heard... I, I really enjoyed Black Widow. Like after we saw Black Widow, I was like, that might have been my favorite Marvel. Like after Infinity War and Endgame, but I oh, think wow. Shang Chi's definitely like supplanted it. Because I've heard a lot of people say good things about Shang Chi. Yeah, I loved uh, it. But I haven't really heard very many people say good things about Black Widow. Now, I think in all fairness, it's probably uh, maybe because they were expecting more. Um, yeah, I didn't but... go in expecting anything. And I think right. that's why, like, maybe they were expecting it to to give more glimpses into what was going to happen next. Um, yeah, it doesn't and, do any of that, and it didn't do any of that. And I think uh, more than the fact that the acting is bad or the movie is bad. What I heard about Shang Chi though was that it was uh, it was you know it had that kind of crouching tiger, uh, hidden dragon sort of vibe to it, and that it was visually beautiful. Yeah. Like that, it was like all the Marvel movies have their own kind of visual flair. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I thought Captain Marvel had its beautiful settings, and I thought like Black Panther made Wakanda look really amazing yeah. and stuff like that. And I heard that this was um, in a similar way, like that way, like that way visually and and uh, thematically. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, I was surprised because when they announced Shang Chi, I was super stoked because uh, back in the day, one of my favorite like marvel comics that i actually kind of read on a regular basis was heroes for hire and shang chi was a member of that team so like yeah, when it came I, out i was super stoked and everyone was like who is this guy it's like it's shang chi master yeah, of kung fu what what so like when i got into it though, it was it was so good because i love like martial arts movies and this is a martial arts movie first and foremost yeah no i was i was a fan of um they marvel used to have a comic called um it was it would be it's kind of an anthology there would be like eight different stories in one mm-hmm. uh, no sorry it was it would be four different stories they were eight pages long it was called marvel okay. comics presents and uh it ran for a number of years when i got into comics and usually the first story would be somebody like wolverine 
Um, sure, of course. And then it would be these. The other stories would be like there would be like a Man Thing story. Man Thing was Marvel's version They're, of Swamp yeah. Thing. Oh, uh, and then a long running one that I really really enjoyed that ran through about twenty five thirty issues was a uh, Shang Chi: The Master of Kung Fu story. Yeah. Um. So I remember wanting to find like back issues and limited series and like everything I could find in the character. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I was really stoked to see it, but I just haven't, um, to be honest, I, I haven't sat down to buy it yet. Yeah. Um, it's, it's worth watching. Um, and I, I won't say who, I won't spoil it, but there is a character from a previous Marvel movie that you would not have expected to show up in this one. And he is amazing. Oh, nice. So, Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll. I'll. I'll be checking it out. We can talk about it on the next episode. Okay. Yeah. Um. But um. I think we need to bring Madeline yeah. Dale on and on. talk to her about her work and ask her some dumb questions. So, yeah, let's get her on. Yeah, let's grab her. We're back with Madeline Dale, author of the Faye Shifter series. How are you doing, Madeline? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing all right. Yeah. Awesome. So so tell us, um, I mean, this is not the purpose of the show, really, to talk about serious artistic stuff. Um, But since we just uh, added you to the call, it would be a good opportunity just to sort of uh, get a little information about you, find out a little bit um, about your work and what you're working on right now. So let's start with uh, the Phase Shifter series. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. All right. So Phase Shifter, the Phase Shifter series was actually the first series I've finished. Um, Releasing Her Power Within was the first book I wrote. It went through several stages of development, but I released it at the start of the pandemic. It was kind of a life-changing thing for me um, because I started writing it while I was battling a lot of postpartum depression and it was kind of my escape and way to kind of get through things but the series itself follows a young woman her name is Liz and she's a physical therapy assistant I modeled that after what I was doing as a career she gives up the life she's leading to go for something smaller and slower and is dumped into this world of magic and shifters and dragons and a whole bunch of other magical creatures she had no idea existed. So yeah, that's basically, it follows her and the people she meets and saves. She has tasked with keeping her people safe and freeing them from what is actually an evil ant who has been ruling the Fey Realm for a long time um, and opening the portals to restore the balance of magic to the realms. Did you say an evil ant? Yes, it's actually, a lot of it is still, it's kind of a crazy family thing. Um, most of the people that are the villains in the story are related to her or someone okay. that is within her yeah, group. We're, I was <laughs> picturing a giant bug. Oh no, it's not okay. Like that means <laughs> like southern accent kind of kicked in there. No, I say ant I say ant too, but um I knew exactly um 
I knew exactly what Jenkins was thinking when, when you said that. And if he didn't ask, I was going to ask. <laughs> I, I had this vi- this vision of a giant ant. But well, we're I mean, talking... you've got like shifter in the title there, so it's like, okay, so these are not the shifters I was expecting. That's where I was going with it. Yeah. Okay, well, but I mean, a lot of people immediately go to romance with shifters. I feel like anyway, because that's what yeah, mostly. Yeah, and there is romance in the story, but there's also a big, like key element of adventure and self-exploration and development there for the main character. So I wanted to ask you a question, um, just sort of um, getting back to what you just said. So, um, and I agree, um, you know, I've worked with a lot of authors that write, um, you know, paranormal romance and shifter romance and stuff like that. What do you think it is about shifters and romance that go together so well? Uh, I think a lot of times it's the whole alpha male thing in the shifter romances. This is just from, like, comparing a lot of what I've read. Um, I feel like a lot of women go to that. They want somebody that's going to be kind of in control. But in reality, that's not how, like, the relationship they want. And a lot of times it's steamy. It gives kind of an escape, just like all romances do. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's not a genre I read often um but i've read enough of it because i've edited quite a bit of it um so i just thought it would be uh cool to ask an author that kind of writes that way what you know what the uh what the connection was um so i ask this question a lot um when i'm interviewing people uh whether it's a, a print interview or a podcast um i know i do this all the time uh, I will basically use people in my personal life or myself uh, and write those traits into my characters. Uh, is this something that you do when you're writing? Like, do you think about the protagonist being yourself or the protagonist being people that you know? And, and, and if so, uh, how do you do it? So I definitely do, um, especially with uh, releasing her power within. I actually, a lot of her work, friends and stuff and her like the group of guy friends for the main male character cam they were all based off loosely off of a lot of friends and even family members I have and like the crazy family dynamics in there I kind of based it off of mine I have a really large family um, and we're really spread out so I just kind of like their personalities I put into their characters nice and what about, um, have you ever, uh, we've talked about this on other, with other guests as well, uh, the uh, homicidal tendencies of authors upon their characters. Have you ever been in a position where you've uh, put somebody in and then killed them off? Uh, and it's been somebody that you, that is based on somebody that you've actually known in your real life? Yes, that, yeah, I have. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah. I feel like as an author, I'm probably not the only one that has done this, but somebody that's aggravated you or really offended you, like in real life, um, I'm not going to say any names or anything that would identify this person since we're on this and people are going to hear it. If they ever come across that, they'll be like, oh my gosh. But yes, I, uh, into a couple of books, have put people from my past and the strained relationship led to them. Like, oh, well, yep, they're going to be this character. And yeah, they're dead now. So. It made me feel better, that's for sure. It is pretty cathartic, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've um I've mentioned this before, but uh 
I was actually a side character in one of Jacobs's books and yeah. I almost died. I, we don't know if I'm, I I'm might sure. still kill you in the next one. Yeah. yeah I haven't decided yet. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I've had a friend do that to me before. One of the books, first books, uh, my other friend, he's an author, and I may butcher his name because this is his pen name. It's like Riley Young. Um, he's a horror author. And one of the first books he wrote, he tried to write a young adult fantasy like series. And I ended up being the evil villain in his book. And he still feels bad about making me the villain to the same. But I'm like, dude, that was awesome. Like, she was an awesome villain. So I, I don't think... Great. I don't think you've actually lived until you get killed off in someone's book, really. So. Yes. Uh, and so the the uh, the series is four books, uh, and it's complete now at this point. Is or are you? Um, I know you got another book coming out, which is something that uh, we can talk about as well. But just as far as this series goes, is it four and out, or do you plan on writing any more in this world? I have one or two books more to finish off the series, um, but they're kind of almost a little bit more of a spinoff because they're going to focus more on Liv, like not so much Liz as the main character, but her daughter. And then uh, even more spinoff, I'm going to go back. One of the villains in the first book, I'm going to write her story because it's kind of just been like banging around in the back of my mind. Like, you need to put this out there. Like, she goes through a lot of change from the time she finds out that she has a half sister in the one and wants to kill her to like leading helping lead people like later on in the series and it's just a lot of change happens with her and I feel like readers need to see that happen so yeah there's maybe three more in the series now it just doesn't want to stop <laughs> no that that totally happened um I know with my first series um that James Reed and I did it was supposed to be a, a one and done um opportunity for me to say i actually wrote a book and then it became two and done three and done um two and a standalone and then all of a sudden the crossover and two more books and then another <laughs> series so and all of the stuff is now set in the same world and ties in and we've got like nine books with a tenth coming out so um it can definitely get away from you um when you're in one of those creative zones Oh, yeah. Uh, so um, before we get into the fun questions, the ridiculous questions that are the reason for you actually being here, um, I know you have another book coming out because uh, I will be helping you launch it. So why don't uh, you let everyone know a little bit about that one? Ooh, gladly. So we, me and you have talked and we did finally pick a date for January 12th as the release date. Cover is going to be revealed soon, guys, and I'm so excited about it. So this book is the first in a trilogy. It is following a young woman who's 19. Her name is Ember. She has gone her entire life thinking she's a latent shifter. Here I go with the shifters again. But this is also, it ties in a lot of more, like, darker adventure stuff. She is trying to train to push her wolf to surface because she was contracted to the Alpha's oldest son, and they're training her to be Luna, which is to lead the pack as the Alpha's mate, but they're not actual mates, and she hates it. She's had all this control taken away from her. Her life has been constantly, she has to do things in a certain way, but on a day of training, she's working out with her lover, who she's had this side relationship with the entire time behind the Alpha's son's back, because neither one of them want this contract. 
and they come into contact with a demon who's attacking her childhood friend's home. And she is attacked, and Black Flame from the demon, she touches them and her body absorbs them. And this causes a chain reaction, and her true power starts surfacing. And she finds out that she is not shifter. She's a hellhound, and she's Lucifer's daughter. And later on, she sacrifices herself and is taken to hell, and just her whole world's dumped on its head, but she's also given a new type of freedom. And she finds love, like her actual mate, and she also is faced with this huge problem, and she has to rescue a ton of people and then find out how to bring balance back to the realms of hell. Sounds like sounds like there's a lot of stuff going on. Sounds kind of awesome, actually. Yeah, it is definitely a more complex story than what I've written so far, which is why it's taken me longer. Um, I started writing this back in April, so here we yeah, are. <laughs> you would mention it's the longest book you've ever written, too, right? Yeah, it is. It is right now. It's sitting a li- a little bit past a hundred thousand pages, but I just started the editing process. Or not pages, sorry. Oh, words. Oh, words, yeah. <laughs> That's impressive. But, yeah. I started in April, huh? <laughs> wow. Um, and I've just started the editing process, and it's probably going to knock it down a lot because at contractions and stuff, I'm bad about, like, not doing those right. But I'm also one of those, I'm like, I'm not going to do any editing until I've finished getting the story out, and then I go back, and I'm like, what the heck was I doing here? <laughs> yeah, no, I've... Um, th- they say that uh, I don't know who they are actually, but I've heard that um, editing while you write is actually um, considered a, a major distraction from the actual writing process. And like the best way to do it, I, Jenkins, I don't know if you do it this way, um, but uh, just to, to write and to yeah. sort of almost almost freeform write, not think about whether you if you even if you know that you've like flub some words on a page just mm-hmm. go through it get all the way to the end and then just you know bring your mind into from creative mode to editing mode and go over it and start fixing stuff yeah i've done it both ways it's definitely faster if you just go through and don't stop uh the first book i ever finished took me like three years to write because i was every time i would stop i would edit everything i'd written before before i wrote the next thing you know then the when I stopped doing that, I my first novel that I published, I finished in three weeks. You know, so it's I, I for me, I think what the way you do it's the way to go is you just go through. It's going to be messy, but that doesn't matter because you've now told the story to yourself and you actually know what's going on. I think that's a big deal. Oh yeah, and I honestly like I dream about some of the stuff I want to write that I don't get to write down. It's my time is a little crazy because i'm home almost all the time my son goes to um daycare school stuff like three days a week but other than that he's home with me and i'm also like we've been working on remodeling the house trying to get it like fixed up because we're eventually going to try to buy something that has a little more land but that keeps getting pushed off (laughs) so so that's impressive that you've actually like finished a first draft from something you started in april though with all that going on yeah life's crazy Oh, yeah, especially in, with this pandemic that's been going on, it adds 
even more like craziness on top of it because you never know like how things are going to change or if my yeah. husband's going to be stuck at home because he can't go to work and I'm like dude you got to get out of the space like go yeah. away <laughs> <laughs> yeah last yeah. year was the first year I didn't publish a book since I've been a published author so I completely get that that's you need that time don't worry man I, I published enough for you yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway um we're going to get to the important questions now because uh, uh, there's just a, enough of them and I, I've been waiting to get to this. Um, so, Jake, do you want to start with this? Yeah, so uh, this is just, a, I think, a nice simple softball once to get you started. But uh, without too much context, what is your favorite meme format? Meme format. Ooh. Yeah. Trying to think. Um, like what it's about kind of format or the way. Well, like, like, are you a fan of the Rick roll or the, uh, the boyfriend looking at the girl walking past? Oh or, my gosh. You know? Those are funny. But <laughs> I mean, the whole, it's, it's Dom from, uh, Fast, Fast and the Furious. Okay. That one's been as of late. I kind of got tired of that one, but it's been funny. The family. Uh, yeah. Especially when it goes into any of the Marvel stuff. But really, okay, a lot of them with Spider-Man and Tony Stark. Tony Stark, not Spark. Good Lord, my, I'm getting tongue-tied tonight. Anyway, Close with enough. the whole him and his dad, like Tony Stark being his dad kind of stuff, those crack yeah. me up so bad. Which, I'm a huge Marvel fan, so anything like that, it's, yeah. Has there been any Shang-Chi Dom memes yet? Because that whole movie is literally about family, so. Yeah. I don't know, Kelly... Uh, my uh my friend kelly blanchard um always sends me jennifer lawrence like putting her hand up and saying yeah whatever um okay. she sends it to me a lot i guess um i did i guess for whatever reason whatever i say whenever i say yeah i'm gonna get this done and i'm gonna get this over <laughs> to you by tomorrow i get that <laughs> every day it's like yeah whatever sure you are <laughs> She's been sending it to me for like almost two years. <laughs> I need to right. to my husband then, because he'll say stuff like, oh, I'm going to get this done. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'll send the one over to you that I'm talking about. It'll become your, it'll become your to, new. Yeah. I had to Google it, guys. I found a picture. It's Shang-Chi and all his family, and Vin Diesel is in the picture. Yes. So I'm happy now. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting. I had to share that. No, no, it's all good. Um. So I got a question. Um, what are your thoughts on swearing or cursing in literature? I know I don't curse a lot, like when I talk to people, but my books totally have it in there. It just comes out naturally. Um, and I guess like I don't. A lot of people are weird. They don't curse in front of their family, but I swear, my brother and sister curse like a sailor. Um, and I'm not as bad, but I do say it. But I have. I've been. Since I had my son, I've been working really hard not to say it in front of him. But, like, he says, like, shit and fuck. And, like, I'm just like, no, 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 no. Oh, you can't wow. Say you, those. I see. So. I wasn't I wasn't going to swear in this segment. I actually. I'm sorry. I, no, I was like. <laughs> so I, full I of shit, feeling, Michael. I, <laughs> I get a vibe. No, seriously. I was like. Uh, I even said to you. I I, yeah. I get a vibe that Maddie doesn't swear, swear very much. So I'm going to be on, like you know, my best behavior and keep it clean tonight and shit like that. And, um, <laughs> and you actually, you've still sworn more than I have on this. One, so. well, okay. Now, now, now I feel, now it. I feel, I feel a lot better now. <laughs> I, feel, 
I actually like when I waited tables, um, my husband and I, we met um, through work when I was waiting tables and he was actually like a supervisor over one of the restaurants. And after we got married and stuff, one of the other managers I was working with at the time scolded me for dropping the F-bomb so much. And I was like, what? My husband does it. He's like, no, he doesn't. I was like, okay, whatever. He does too. He drops drops it all the time. And like, I, I used to be worse at it, but now I try to like tone it down. I mean, <laughs> I don't need my three-year-old picking it up. Yeah. They pick it well, up quick too. Yeah. He said, damn, something like the other day. I was like, where did you learn that word? I don't say that word that much, but my mom does. And I'm like, uh, my mom's a teacher. When she's at school, she doesn't say it. But when I like, because I do her like on every day to talk to her and let her see my son. And like we chat because they live like five hours away from us. And she's all the time cussing. And I'm like, mom, you got to stop. Harrison is in the room. <laughs> yeah, I know when you have a when you have a seven year old and a nine year old and they like listening to pop radio um, and they want to hear the songs. You're always, I'm always searching for the clean versions because like, just forget about the swearing, but just the songs they listen to, whatever, whatever is playing on pop radio is just so inappropriate for a nine-year-old. Oh yeah. yeah. And like, I'm terrible because I use Alexa and like add songs to my playlist all the time. Are they the edited versions? No, (laughs) no, they're not. No, and my yeah, daughter's always like, it's not like kids. I'm going to, she's like, I know what they mean. And it's not like I'm going to say them anyway. And I'm like, I don't care. It's the fact that you know what they mean. And I can't deal with that. Um, way younger these days than what we did. And it's like, because I, I have a niece and a nephew and I'm like, how do you already know what that is? Like, this is not okay. You're like eight. So. Yeah. But then I think back to um, being that age. And I mean, I remember that I probably knew a lot more than I think I do. And, you know, everything is in perspective. Like you see an eight year old, they all, you know, they look like an eight year old boy, especially they they look like a baby. You know what I mean? But then you think, then you think back and like when you think back to when you were eight years old and you, I remember feeling like I was like six feet tall. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, I guess I've I've never been like super tall. So (laughs) Well, I'm, neither am I, but uh, but <laughs> I did, but I definitely didn't feel as small as like my son is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, so yeah, I mean it's everything in perspective. But I I do feel better now, um, knowing that I can drop a couple of f bombs if I need to. Yeah, it won't face me. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maddie, do you have a dog? I do actually. I have two dogs, three cats, and I recently, which I totally that's... got in trouble for doing this, I got my son five fish. So. All right. Well, that's too many animals. So let's just <laughs> pick one. Okay. Let's pick the one that. Which one do you want? We're gonna we're gonna pick one right now. Which one is it? A cat. It's a, okay. Um, what's the cat's name? Um, let's go with Rush. Rush. Okay. So if you were out walking your cat, Rush, you see, it works better with a dog, but that's okay. I'm going to be. Well, he's a bingle if it makes you feel any better and he acts like a dog. So. Oh, okay. So if you were, do do you take this cat for a walk? I have actually put him in a harness and taken him on a leash outside. Nice. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I did that. I tried to do that once with one of my cats back in the day too. Didn't work, but I did try a for effort. Um, So if you were out walking your cat, Rush, and you came across a spiky coronavirus shaped 
cat toy, would you A, pick it up and throw it to the cat to play fetch, B, scream and run away, or C, casually move away from it and explain to your cat the importance of social distancing? I mean, if it's a toy, it's not uh, contagious, right? So I would totally play with it. No, but it really looks like the coronavirus. It's, it's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like one of the little uh, germ cells. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Yeah, nope, I'll play with it probably. I mean, yeah, I, I, which, I mean, I'm not saying I haven't been cautious with the whole social distancing and thing. No, I've probably sure. been more cautious than most of my family. Um, but yeah, if it's a toy, I mean, as long as it's not like covered in mud he can totally play with it it's like a ball nice all right so i'll I'll take the next one um this is one i ask all our guests uh thus far michael's winning this debate um but what is your opinion on fruit on pizza yes or no yes i yes thank you oh and actually i would rather have just the pineapple not like the canadian bacon or ham or any of that stuff like you just put the pineapple i don't know why it tastes so good but it does so it's because the sweet goes really well with the savory yeah yeah it's it's just how food works very few of our guests agree with me he's not with it but i'm like yes let's get pineapple and pizza thank you i I knew i liked you (laughs) you see my my issue is is not as much with the pineapple and the cheese. It's just I don't love tomato sauce and pineapple. So I've said before, like I've kind of yeah, you do a dessert original, one. I, I, I get it, but you know, like there's pizzas that have like a different base. Like if it was like an Alfredo base or something like that, or like a white base, I would totally do pineapple and be fine with it. I'm gonna um, have to try that now because that actually does sound good. And yeah, we get pizza a lot, so. Well, what was your what was your pizza you always talked about, Jacob? Oh, the one I had, yeah, it's when I had when I was in Texas a few years ago. So it was uh, it was smoked mozzarella, uh, prosciutto, and a chipotle marinated peach. Ooh, that's, oh, that's so good. That's Where, okay. Was it like oh, South good. Texas or? It was in Dallas. Was it okay? Because yeah, I, was I don't remember the name of the Born in Dallas, so okay. I I know the area pretty well. I have family there. Yeah, they had another pizza as well, like. So I had two pizzas that night that I still dream about. There was that one, which was like their deal of the day. Mm-hmm. And they had like a regular menu item that was just called the Honey Bastard. Oh. And it was made with bacon jam. Oh, that sounds good, too. Uh, every <laughs> every time I make pizza now, I make sure I have a jar of bacon jam to like just scoop on there. I've it, never even seen bacon jam. Revolutionary. Oh my gosh, they make bacon everything down here. Like, because I mean, Oklahoma is close to Texas, and like, yeah, it makes sense. I've had bacon gelato, which I was not a fan of. That did not taste good. Um, candied bacon, chocolate covered bacon. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I've had I've had the dark chocolate covered bacon, and that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um. Okay, so um, I will stick with that fruit pizza thing, and I will take it one step further. Um, if you were to have a pineapple pizza with any celebrity living or dead, who would it be and why? Oh, man. Oh, that's a tough one. It is, isn't it? Yes, because there's so many, like, celebrities that, I mean, oh, my gosh. Mm. Okay, 
I'm going to go with one that I've liked since my childhood, just because she's done so much. She was on TV, and then she's also created music, so she's got that artist soul. Uh, Selena Gomez, because um, also, like, my character Liz, her looks and stuff, I had her in my mind as I was writing her. So, yeah, I would choose her. And she's got that one song. I'm, I'm like, my kid's have been listening i you might have seen i posted about lil nas x today yes um, i did which i totally love his new songs his new album is awesome yeah I, I, I agree with that i was actually first of all i heard that song on the radio um i've been hearing it for a long time and it's kind of just been one of those songs that i've heard way too much that <laughs> every time i turn on pop radio it's there and it's always there at the same time when i'm driving for some reason so for some reason what compelled me to to try the album out was the cover, uh, which really had a, a kind of mid area Prince vibe to it, mid mid career Prince uh, vibe. So you can tell that he's obviously influenced by Prince, um, among yeah, other among other artists. But um, I was blown away. Like I haven't like enjoyed listening to an album from start to finish in um, a really long time. Um, but I've it's all because of I've been kind of uh, my kids want to listen to the mainstream stuff every time we're driving, mm-hmm. and I'm picking up some stuff uh, that is opening my mind so that I don't sound like a grumpy old man cursing the radio and saying, <laughs> where's all the rock music? Where's all, where are all the fucking guitars? Like, what's going on here? Um, but, uh, yeah, no, Selena Gomez has that one song. Um, I don't want to sing it. Who's going to rock you? How does that one go? You know the one I'm... Oh, is it from... Um... It's got a little bit of a scat thing going on with the, um, with the, she had a DJ that worked on it with her. I don't know the name. I cannot recall the song right now. I have uh, so many of her songs that I listened to. Like I actually had one of her songs and it was in my wedding. Not like that. We, I think that the, um, it was during like one of the interludes or something, but uh, she's got so many good songs. Uh, but yeah, I think I know which one you're talking about. It ain't me. That what the song's called. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying I'm, to Google lyrics. Sorry. I'm compelled to um, who's going to rock you. Who's going to rock you or up. walk you. Who's walk, you? walk you through the dark side of the morning. Walk you through the dark side of the dark yeah. side of the morning or dark side of the that Yes. Yes. It's, it it's called. It ain't me. That's the one. Yeah. That's a, that is a really cool song. Um, I love that song. I actually like it was on. I think I was listening to it on XM hits one. Um, back when it released and they played it all the time i absolutely love that i have a yeah. lot of her saved to like my old ipod that i don't use anymore but yeah yeah and she's an actress too so she's um mm-hmm. which i think she's given up the actress career like i i this is totally gonna tell you guys close to what my age is but i totally watched wizards of waverly place on disney channel like for a long time and she was in that so <laughs> I think she does actually have a new show on uh, Hulu, uh, oh. Only Murders in the Building. Sweet. I think it's with, uh, oh, oh no, what's his name? I got to Google it now, I'm sorry. You're good. They're two, like, big, big comedians, uh, Martin Short and Steve Martin. Yeah, Ooh. and Selena Gomez is in it, yeah. Oh, cool. Well, my daughter was watching, um, while we're on the subject of, of that Disney Channel stuff, was watching... Uh, a movie today with Joe Jonas and uh, Demi yes. Lovato. Oh, was it Camp Rock? <laughs> yes, it was. Oh, okay. 
And Demi Lovato, I just, like, she was so, like, she seemed so, like, wholesome and, like, pre-corrupted from everything that she's gone through. And I just felt so terrible because she has had the craziest couple of years. Um, Her and Miley Cyrus both did because I watched, like, Hannah Montana, too, and that was about during that era. So, but I think Camp Rock, actually, I was in maybe junior high, high school when that came out. So... Yeah, but I mean, Miley Cyrus is is um, uh, seems to be a little bit more in, in control of of uh, her life and the things that she's doing. And I mean, she's doing some actually doing some really cool stuff. She's actually on that Lil Nas X album, and the last the last song on the album is like one of the the one that she duets with him on is like one of my favorite songs. The best song on the album for sure. Yeah, and I feel like Demi Lovato is really she's trying to get it together like she's doing better than she was she's been through a lot so yeah like it was terrible like when I heard when I heard what happened to her um like last year she had like three strokes and two heart attacks or something like that yeah and then her song I think it's called Dancing with the Devils came out this year I yeah. really like I felt that song like I you could you can feel like all the stuff she's gone through in that in that song yeah, I just think it's amazing she's still around. I mean, it's a testament to um, uh, something, to whoever has supported her and I guess the family that she has and the the people that have been there through that because to go through something like that and even be able to get another chance is like, you know? That's huge, yeah. Anyway, and she, she, where was it? She sang the um, national anthem, was it this year? Um, I don't remember. I'd have to look it up. I'm not a huge know. football fan, but my husband's a major football player, or a football fan, and um, yeah, she's saying it, I want to say, <sighs> yep, okay, mine's blank, we'll come back to it later. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, you got another no question? Yeah, so uh, here's another one I like to ask all our guests. So I, I don't like the term uh, guilty pleasure, uh, but what is something that you like unabashedly love, or that makes you happy that maybe other people might judge you for liking in other words your guilty pleasure yeah but you shouldn't feel guilty <laughs> for liking something no. i mean i have a guilty pleasure for wine um i'm actually i just finished a glass of wine while we're sitting here talking i love uh, that's wine that's been my guilty pleasure as of late because i'm like yep i'm gonna let myself have a glass of wine at night um chocolate i hide that and i don't tell my husband or my son where i hide that so those are two of my guilty pleasures and okay. I don't like to share those because growing well, up with siblings, I'm like, my little brother was the worst about getting things that were mine and I would put my name on it to make sure he didn't get it. Still do. Anytime I'm at my parents' house, um, that still doesn't work. And he's like 26 now. So. Well, definitely don't feel guilty about wine. I actually wrote a book about it and the uh, last part of the book gives like a full history on the Australian wine region and how wine became a, a marketable commodity in Australia. So <laughs> definitely not something to, to, to feel guilty about there. So weird that um, makes me want to read your book even more. Yes, I have really? to agree. I'm sitting here. I'm like, yeah, because yeah, it's already on my TBR list. I'm like, yep, we, we're going to get it. <laughs> no, so I'm, I'm a big fan of, um, well, I'm a, I, I enjoy red wine. I'm a big one. We, I used to do um, the wine tour of the wine regions in mine, um, Niagara, which is, you know, kind of oh like. Oh, gosh. Okay, I'm um, jealous right now. because Niagara's, our, Niagara, our Niagara wine region is probably the closest thing to, like, uh, um, a Napa Valley that we have. 
Um, so, you know, my wife and I would do, um, we haven't in a while, but we used to go do the wine tastings and wine tours all the time. And when I wrote this book and I knew it was going to take place in Australia, because I drink a lot of Australian wine, uh, I wanted to make sure that there was like some real wine history um, mm-hmm. and, and some factual stuff. So that's kind of like in the last chapter where he finally gets to do his wine tour after everything that he's had to deal with fighting zombies and stuff like that. Um, it goes into a history of while he's touring, he's getting the history of the um, Australian wine region. All right. So I just need to skip to the last chapter. All right. Got it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Other, I mean, uh, the, 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 um, the Zombinos, they're wino zombies. We call them Zombinos um, are definitely entertaining. They're purple and they, moan a lot and stuff like that and they just uh destroy all the wine the the grapes and the vines and stuff like that by touching them and turn them to rot that is horrible yeah it is it is it's really for it was it was like and james reed when we were talking about it it's like it's just a big nightmare like imagine these beautiful wine regions just being corrupted and turned to rot all because um because people are buying this like really really cheap box wine um <gasps> that is turning them into zombies yeah i can't do box wine Mm-mm. well no that's kind of the whole joke um, <laughs> that's that's the inside that's the joke in the whole thing is uh it's yeah but it's, well, it's i'm not like, gonna i'm not gonna add anything to this conversation uh, well i was gonna say i'm one of those people that has a wine subscription and they send me a variety of like new wines every like i month or wish so, i so. could do that i live in fucking utah Oh, it's like they, you can't ship alcohol here. So I, I oh, have to my gosh. I'm trying to learn to like wine. wine. It's like one of those subscriptions would be perfect. Yeah. Now I just have to go and like, well, this label looks cool. And then it's like vinegar, you know? Well, yeah. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to try cactus cider, uh, cactus pear cider. Um, yeah. There's uh, I wrote about Cactus Pear Cider and Cider of Legend, and um, mainly because the only thing you could find in the desert would be cactus pears. Um, but um, and there actually is such a thing. I was shocked. Like, but it only they only brew it in California. Oh, okay. That, that makes sense. I mean, I want to say I've had like agave nectar tequila in it. Yeah. it does I feel like it does not taste like regular tequila? I couldn't couldn't do it. I mean, it well, depends Gabe, on, like, the quality of the tequila as well. Like, with isn't, silver. Isn't Patron agave tequila? Uh, it, okay, so it didn't taste like the Patron when I tasted it. So, I don't, but don't quote me on that. I, isn't I all tequila made with agave? And, I, I thought mean, Maybe. So. I'm not a tequila expert, but, I mean, because bad things happen when I have tequila. So... <laughs> I think bad things happen whenever. Yeah, it's, when, uh, it's when a basic ingredient of tequila. Yeah, it's yeah. all tequila's made with agave. Okay, you probably well, had some bad tequila. I had it, it was like, I don't know, it was, it was really weird tasting it. And I was just like, uh, yeah, no. I used to think I hated tequila because I only ever had the cheap shit. Ugh, and this yeah. is going to be weird, but like Costco brand tequila, Kirkland tequila. Really? Yeah. Hmm. My uh, partner's mother gave me some, so I was like, yeah, I don't like tequila. And she was like, yes, you do. I was like, no, I don't. I've never had good tequila. It's like, here, she gave me a shot. And I was like, this is the best, like, booze I've ever had. Yeah. Well, and say the good thing about tequila is you don't really have a hangover when you drink a lot of it. Mm. So, yeah. 
<laughs> okay, I got one more question. <laughs> what one thing would your dogs or your cats or your fish say that would completely ruin your image if they could talk? <laughs> oh, Lord. The things they could say. I'm trying to think which one would be the most, like, safe <laughs> say out here. Probably um, one of the fish. Yeah. Fish are stupid. They're probably not interpreting too much. True. Yeah, say, um, I've watched my cats, like, lick their assholes. I don't know if they can say anything <laughs> to make these Yeah, messes. that's true. They're always, like, I always have to, like, I have, so my cat Rush, he is the bingle. He likes to get on everything, and he's always in the middle of the dinner table. And I swear I have to wipe that thing off every time before we eat because he does stuff like that. I'm like, really, dude? Like, get off the table. Like, go do that somewhere else. But, I mean, I don't like to wear clothes when I'm in the house because, I mean, it's hot in Oklahoma right now. So, uh, maybe that is the safest thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that works. That, yeah, that would definitely be something that um you don't want to you don't want to bring that cat around no he know he's he's a troublesome cat anyway because i'm always i between him and my son their names if i had more kids they would be crazy because half the time the cat gets called harrison or my son gets called rush because they're both troublemakers well when you have kids when your kids get to it you're, you have you said you have a three-year-old yeah when your kids get to a certain age like my kids are the prime example. It's impossible to not get embarrassed as a parent. Like yeah. you, anywhere you go, your kids will say something. Oh, my dad did this, or oh, my dad was like singing, like um, you know, with a high pitched voice, like Justin Bieber the other day on the, when the radio was on. And they'll tell all their friends, and then they'll all look at me like I'm insane. Um, oh. <laughs> so get used to it because um, you have. I don't know, probably two, three more years uh, before that starts happening. Yay. <laughs> so then it will, you know what I mean? Like, you're. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. But uh, yeah, so Mad- Madeline, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you uh, if they want to read your books and where you are on social media and all that jazz? All righty. So you guys can find me. I will tell you the easiest way to get to all of my social media links is on my website, www.thechaptergoddess.com. I am on TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and and Instagram. I have a Pinterest as well, and I also have a YouTube channel. Uh, My books are on Amazon, as well as Google and Kobo, Smashwords, and I'm trying to think of the other one. I have it written down, and Barnes & Noble. So, nice. which I am in the process of updating my website to have all the links to those books as well. So, awesome. Well, everybody, be sure to check out uh, Madeline Dale's Phase Shifter series. Um, she has a new book and a brand new series uh, coming out in January. And you're going to have to, once again, just say the name of the, the series for me. It is Black Flames, and that series is called Ember. Awesome. So be on the lookout for that. Very exciting. And uh, it was excellent having you on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much. That was Madeline Dale. Yeah, that was good.
Yeah, uh, I think I'm now at uh, two to however many votes you have, but I'm getting there, Michael. Getting there. With the pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I'm, um, you know, when you think about something all the time, like something that you don't normally think about, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden your mind starts doing these weird things and it starts saying, like, why did I hate this so much? Yeah. Um, I'm almost starting to come around a little bit. Like, and I'm starting to think, like, I'm hearing about it so much, and I'm hearing about it when I'm hungry. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. any type of food that I talk about when I'm fucking hungry is going to sound good to me. I mean, this makes me feel, this victory feels shallow, but if it means a victory, I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a combination of um, just the, the constant thinking about it and hearing it and, you know, always at this time. I'm trying yeah, to eat less, yeah. you know, so when I'm eating less, I'm always hungry. And when I when I hear uh, any pizza sounds good right now, even pineapple pizza. So yeah, pizza does sound pretty great. Yeah. Um, I gotta go work out after this, though. So that's not happening. I'm, I'm trying to make this uh, healthy lifestyle thing a reality. Um, yeah. And it's, I'm, I'm, uh, it's got to be like, I don't you know what I mean? When you're yeah. um, when you're over 40, you can't fuck around anymore. And I'm always like I'm. I do things and I go out and I'm always walking and, you know, I have a pretty, I have a pretty active life because, because my kids are at that age where they always want to be doing stuff and I'm Mm -hmm. doing it with them. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, when you're in your thirties still, even you can kind of eat whatever you want. I turned 24. My metabolism went, Hey James, fuck you. And I I had, I really have to be more careful what I eat. I'm trying to do better. Yeah, no, it, it's um, it's it can happen at any age. Um, yeah. But, you know, unfortunately, uh, over 40 is, you know, yeah. when things start. Uh, happening. Yeah, I've uh, so I'm 35 now, so I'm getting there. But I finally like settled on like I'm planning on getting a tattoo this year. But my goal is like my I have to look good for it. You know what I mean? Right. So, I wanna... like I'm working out. So I'm trying to eat better. And it's just so I look good at the tattoo. Well, I mean, so. dude, you can put a tattoo on your arm and you can look just like an average dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, but my, I like I got to have the biceps before I do that, you know? Right. That's my yeah, goal. yeah. I was just talking about um, but that's the, the fucked up thing about tattoos is is that like I've always wanted one, but I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a coward. Yeah, um, fair. So my wife um, says to me, like, every time I bring up, oh, I think I want to get a tattoo. I'm just like. <laughs> Might get a dot on your foot or on your like baby toe, and and see how you feel because there's no because I guarantee you that the first time that that thing goes in you're gonna be screaming and that'll be it you won't be able to go through. Yeah, it. we all know how you deal with injuries. It's true. So so and I'm like yeah, but you know you do it for the it's like if I knew I was getting like her name on my arm or like my mm-hmm. kids' names, um you know wrapped around my leg I think sure. I'd be able I would it's like for something like that you deal with the pain. Yeah. But they start, the thing about tattoos is they look really cool. Like I think I could still pull it off and and look fine with a tattoo. But like in like twenty years, I'm going to be sixty four and I'm going to have this fucking <laughs> be the old guy. Just, yeah. No, you're not wrong. But it's like when you get old, it kind of defeats the fucking purpose of like of the tattoo. Like I feel like I probably should have thought about this twenty years ago. You know what I yeah. mean? That's why I'm thinking of it now. It's like I'm in my 30s, but it's like I think once I hit my 40s, I'd be like, nah, it's too late. 
Yeah, and I was thinking about it the other day. I'm like, I haven't my I I had both my ears pierced and the holes closed up, and I'm like, oh. should I do it again? And then I'm like, what the fuck is the point? You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, something I can be any age to be excited about um, that is happening this week is my box set of the Cider and yeah. Ale Chronicles uh, about a bunch of old fucking boozy seals and snakes and platypuses and and uh, shit like that <laughs> is uh, coming out on Wednesday. I hope I made it very enticing for all of you. Yeah, it's about a bunch of uh, drunk, your drunk personas. Yeah, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, so it's the Cider and Ale Chronicles. I've talked a little bit about it, um, but since it's actually coming out, it is six books. Um, first two are kind of a duology, Alehouse Wars and Alehouse Rebellion. One directly ties into the other. Uh, the third one is a standalone called The Cider of Legend. Um, and then the fourth one is a crossover between the snakes from The Cider of Legend and the seals from Alehouse Wars and Alehouse Rebellion. Uh, the fifth one is really the last book in the series proper. Uh, it's called The Whiskey Eternal, and it deals with two side characters from Cider of Legend and Cider for Harborland, which is book four, um, on a quest to find the Whiskey Eternal so that they can uh, get... One of them wants eternal life for themselves. The other one wants to sell eternal life. That's very profitable, sure. Um, and all this crazy shit happens. And then the sixth book is the one that I, we were talking to Maddie about, the one about the wine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a standalone. It was a tribute to a friend of mine that was in a, uh, in a band that passed away uh, of cancer a couple of years ago, uh, or about a year and a half ago. Um, and it's called Wine and Where to Find It. It's a standalone that will uh, give people that have read the other five books some fun if they make it to the end, because there are Easter eggs for fan service. And apparently Theater a chapter service. about the wine history in Australia. And there's a chapter about the, about the history of wine in Oddly Australia. Oddly enough, I'm most excited about that. I don't know why. Yeah, no, it's it, it's um, it's well written. I um, James wrote a lot of that stuff um, based on my outline. So I said, okay, talk about this part of wine and where it came from and how Australia. And I gave him some stuff, but he turned it into like this really uh, very well written historical document about how um, Australia became a big wine player. Sounds great. And I, I have read most of the first one, Alehouse Wars, and it's fun, trippy, weird. It's definitely. Oh, recommend. it only it only gets trippy. Yeah, I, I believe that's probably like the vanilla shit. So it is. It's the baby book. It's yeah. the uh, it's the Fisher Price, my first uh, attempt at uh, writing, and I've actually changed a lot of it probably since you. That's uh, uh, You did say you did a, a another like. Not not necessarily an edit, but like a of. Yeah, it just wasn't. Like it's, it. it was just what. Yeah, it was just one of those things where it's the first taste of the series, and I want people to get. And it got good reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure. I mean, I knew all the people that read it, and I think some of them were also kind of surprised that I came out with a book because they didn't know I was a writer. Um, and it was, I guess, better than they expected it to be. Um, but when I when I read it in comparison to the stuff we did afterwards, it, it really, 
it doesn't go the places those other books did. So I had to go back yeah. in, just okay. sort of make it, make it fit in with the rest of them. Because by the time people oh. get to Cider for Harborland, um, the fourth book, there's just so much going on, and there's um, it's a lot more abstract. And I think the jokes are are the jokes hit higher, um, and the uh, and the story is probably um, uh, just has a lot more depth to it. Yeah. So you say that's launching Wednesday, though, the box set? Yeah, Wednesday the 22nd. So uh, that's two days from the date of recording. So for everyone listening to this, that's available now. So I guarantee this won't be released on Wednesday. Uh, So go buy Michael's box set. Give him some love. And while you're at it, my co-writer, JMD Reed, uh, just launched an omnibus box set of his yeah. uh first series the storm below uh over a million words if for you go back uh two episodes from this one we have our whole interview with him yeah yeah talking about that release so yeah so and then we're actually going to be doing a little online uh release party for that series oh, on yeah. the 24th uh over on my group fantasy sci-fi focus and on the 22nd we're going to be doing a party to celebrate the Cider and Ale launch. All right, I'll actually be on Facebook that day then. I'll, nice. I'll, I'll make sure to attend. Yeah, so games, giveaways. Uh, we're going to be giving away tons of free books. Um, so it's fun. Like, these days are kind of fun. So. Good. Yeah, I remember those. You, you have really good, fun giveaway days when you do that. So that'll be good. So that is pretty much all I have for today. I think I'm going to get some sleep. Yeah, you can go to rest, man. You've had a, a fun weekend of entertaining, so. Yeah. Hosting guests is uh, hard work, in my opinion, so yeah. you've earned it. It's fulfilling, and it's, you know, it's yeah. like when you do it right, like, I mean, you know, my wife, I, I, I grilled, like, nine steaks and threw them on the barbecue and some eggplant. My wife made enough side dishes to feed, like, 150 people. Uh, at least that's nice. the way it felt like yeah the table was just like there was no room to eat on the table because there was so much <laughs> food on the table you know yeah. uh it worked out you know that all the cleaning when you when it's finally all done and you can sit down and everybody was happy and they were like wow that was amazing then you feel like it was all kind of worth it but then yeah you're feeling like i feel right now so anyway yeah. so michael you go rest everybody else go read a book <laughs>